All right, it's like 6.40. Start late, end early. We're doing it, already did it, already got it, already got it. You guys can always feel free to get up and get another drink or grab more dessert or whatever while it's happening. If you have any questions, don't be afraid to raise your hand or anything, whatever. Um, back on the table when you came in to your left, there is a place where you can sign up, give me your name, number, email, so you can be kept in the loop about what's happening with More to Life. Looks like we don't have any Cub fans in the room. What? We gotta finish early. So, so we gotta stick to the start late, end early. Okay, okay. I had lots of people be like, hey, sorry, Cubs, World Series, blah, blah, blah. I love it though. But here's what I love, honestly. First of all, I love it when you guys show up. That's just amazing, A. And then B, when people can't show up and they take the time to send you a text that says, I can't make it tonight. I'm so bummed. I'm like, oh. <laughs> and then when they send me another one that says, wait, that's, that thing's next week. And then they show up. That's even better. I love that too. That, that makes, makes the world a special place. So I put a quote up here. I'm not sure if we'll really get to it, but that's just for you guys to take and think about and ponder. Um, I have three stories I wanted to start off with tonight. And the first one was last week, there was a day that I started off and seemed like a really good day. It was going well. Had some things planned. Some unexpected things kept happening. And then right around, I don't know, it was like 6.30. 6.30, I'm at home, and I have this tremendous headache. And I'm trying to figure out why in the world I have this headache. And the headache is affecting my presence, right? So like kids everything. And we had some friends over and he was saying like, hey, do you guys want to stay over for dinner? And then we were having to figure that out. And there's noise going on and things are happening. There's more kids in our house. And I slowed down long enough to realize that I hadn't eaten that day. It was 6.30 p.m. and I hadn't eaten yet. And all of a sudden I figured it out. Like I have a headache because I have like no substance in me, like fueling me. And it's taking a toll on who I am. That's my first story. My second story is this. I became an uncle at a very young age, 14 years old. It was so fun. And um, my sister married this guy who had um, these two kids from a previous marriage, and I was Uncle Phil to them, Matt and Annie. And Annie was adorable. She was like four years old, you know? And as they kept getting older, I kept getting older, and eventually I got my license. And I would like drive over to my sister's house and hang out with Matt and Annie, and I would plan cool things for them, like water balloon fights and all this kind of stuff. One time they, they begged me, they begged me. They were like, will you take us and our friends through a cemetery? Because they thought it was so spooky and so scary. And I was like, absolutely. Like, let's go do it, but let's do it at night, you know? Like, we're not gonna like sugarcoat this thing. So I took them through, you know, about 10 p.m. and stuff and drove them through, really freaked them out. Um, and then I still... No, they were a little bit older, a little bit older. And I told some fun stories while we drove through, you know, about that grave there, you know, um, making it all up. But one of my favorite stories with Matt and Annie, we were over at my sister's house, and I was watching them, and we had this torrential downpour. Like, it just let loose for like an hour. And then afterwards, it let up, and I told them, hey, let's go to Dairy Queen, let's grab some treats. And they were like, yeah, that'd be awesome. 
And so I stuck him in the car, and I drove him down this road where I always knew this puddle was, huge puddle. And I was like, after an hour of rain like that, it's got to be big. And so we're driving, we're driving, and I'm going faster and faster. And I was like, all right, you guys, do whatever you got to do. You can unbuckle just for a second, but whatever. You need to roll down the window, and you need to stick your head out the window. This is going to be awesome. And they're like, okay, cool. And so I'm just going faster. And we hit the puddle. And they just get soaked. And they come back in, and I still remember Annie's face, because she just looked at me, and she was like, she was like so filled with joy at that moment. And I was too. It was awesome. It was awesome. All right, that's my second story. Third story happened actually yesterday, I think. Is that when I met Ben? Ben? Um, so I woke up yesterday morning and I was in a funk. Yes? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I'm sitting at the table. This is my sister-in-law and brother-in-law. They can attest to it as well. Everybody's just kind of looking at me. Yeah, and I don't really know what was wrong with me. The night before I got a speeding ticket in a construction zone, that really pissed me off. That could, and there was some hangover from that for sure. And then it was just kind of Monday. I don't know if you guys ever have that (laughs) on Monday. And you're kind of struggling for what's going on? Life, what's happening today? Like, I know there's things going on, but I don't know just in a rut. And then I was greeted by lots of emails on Monday. I don't know if it was just because it was the end of the month and everybody's freaking out all of a sudden, but I had like clients emailing me. I had people that I had texted like months ago. Hey, you want to go to lunch? Yes. Like today, now. And it's, whoa, I'm in a funk. Here it is. Anyway, good friend, Ben, haven't seen him in a while. He texted me and he said, let's go to lunch. I immediately wrote him and said, I've got family in town. Because <laughs> that's how I felt, too. It was like any excuse to get out of lunch. Um, and then I talked to the family, and it must have been my bad mood. They were like, no, go, go. <laughs> Why don't you go to lunch? That'd be great. Get out a little bit. And so I leave in this terribly foul mood, and I go to lunch with Ben, and he shares what he's thinking about. He asks me what I'm thinking about. Like the care, concern, and attention like we shared over lunch. It did something to me. I don't know what it was. Like it lifted me to a better place. And I left lunch seeing the world differently. Crazy. I came home. Was I in a better mood? Yeah. (laughs) Like they're like, oh, hi, Phil. Like you're back. All right. And it was just amazing to me that I transformed that quickly somehow. And that I saw the world in a new kind of perspective. So those three stories, I want to talk about those just a little bit and kind of what happened there, just a little bit. I think we all know what it means to live from a place when you feel like your heart is empty. I think we get that. Is that safe to to assume? Can you guys give me any words that match that Phrase right there, empty heart. I'm going to write up a couple. You can keep thinking. Despair. That was one of my words. I like that one. That's a good one. Yeah. I missed it. Loneliness, right? Yeah. All right. Let's keep going. It's always tough. 
I know, I was thinking of Miss Wendy right there. Like, I totally thought of you immediately. I was like, man, I'm on the spot. <laughs> yeah, it's like, no problem here. No problem. No, no problem. Loneliness, any other words? Uh, tired? Uh, these are words that come to me personally. I'm just writing them. Hopeless. Hopeless, thank you. Man, it's rough. So, let me tell you where I'm at though. So Silas and I started a kind of dare contest thing. I just want to come out and be honest. Um, November 1st, he bet me $5 that he could last longer with no caffeine than I could last with no caffeine. Um, so I haven't had any caffeine today, and I usually have a lot every day. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm kind of in that place. I could be a little out of touch tonight. It's all right. What? Mm, yes. Yes. And Advil doesn't really do anything to caffeine headaches. No. What's up with that? Um, okay. <laughs> Empty heart. I think we all understand what it means to live in this space. I think we get it. I think we felt it. I think we've been there. I think some people stay there longer. Um, I want to talk a little bit about what kind of brings us out of this place tonight. What kind of does that for us? How you sort of achieve that? And it's not like a three-step formula. It's nothing that easy. But I want to kind of talk just a little bit about that. But before we can, I'd love to talk about what a full heart looks like. One of the things I love about a full heart, somehow a full heart changes your perspective and it shifts priorities. It's amazing what a full heart can do. Things that are trivial become exactly that. Right? When you have a full heart, you understand what trivial is. Things that were once very big become rather small and they're put in their place. But when you have that kind of full heart sense, it's amazing how everything can rearrange pretty, pretty perfectly. It's nice. So full heart, any words come to mind? Joyful. Joyful. What? I know. I was just having fun with that one. <laughs> that was on purpose. Gratitude? <laughs> Spelling police? <laughs> Seriously. Anybody else? I'm going to keep... What? Timeless. Timeless. Nice. I'm going to go... Hopeful? Is that what I heard? Yeah. Just making sure I didn't mess that up. See you watch that. Okay. Just getting really creative. Fulfilled. I think of words like this. Fulfilled. Fulfilled. Yeah, let's do it. That's a good word for tonight. Let's circle that one. Anybody else? Motivated. Man, you guys are good at words. Energetic. At peace. At peace. Nice. Okay, so full heart. Your perspective shifts a little bit. Things kind of settle into where they need to be. I think when you have a full heart, you literally see the world differently. I think these two kind of postures toward life affect how you see the world. I've been over here before, and I've woken up in that funk, 
and things that felt really heavy and seemed really important and really big. And then something shifted, and suddenly my heart was full. And what, once, what was once big was now small, and it, and it didn't seem quite as important, and everything felt a little bit more right. It's interesting. All right, so I'm going to throw something in the center. Here we go. All science aside, don't get no science police tonight on me on this one. Um, all science aside, I want you to think about a well. I want you to think about like you're thirsty, you need water, you're not near a river, you're not near a lake, you're not near a pond, you, you need water and, and you can start digging. And you can dig and you can dig deeper, you can make it wider, you can keep going down and you can keep going down. And many times, like if you go deep enough, that space that you just created mysteriously fills with water. It fills with the thing that you need to live. It fills up. Tonight, I want you guys to think about your heart as well. What's up, Annie? I want you to think about your heart as well because here's what happens, I think. I think if you can dig deep in your life, if you can create the space that your heart will actually fill up. Because lots of times I think it's a, we tend to think it's, it's kind of about what we put into our heart, but most of the time, like, when I went to meet Ben, I had no clue what was going to happen there. I didn't understand it. If I look back now, I can kind of put my finger on something and say this. One of the things, I think, that fills me up that I should make space in my life for is connection, communication, friendship, those kinds of things. Like, if I can create the space in my life for that, that tends to fill my heart. That's a me thing. I'm not sure what your thing is. And I'm assuming you might have more than one thing as well. But if you can like try to dig deep, if you can kind of create that space, that's probably going to fill up. If you can't think of a well, I want you to think of a glass, because you're going to get one when you leave here tonight. And hopefully this glass is going to remind you that you need to fill your heart up. And more important than that is, first of all, you have to create the space to fill your heart up in your life. Oftentimes, I think what's going on is maybe you don't have the space. And that's why you're running dry, and that's why you're running on empty. You actually don't even have the space to give to allow your heart to be filled up. So for the first time ever, you guys need to get excited about this. Seriously. I've done something, and I'm going to give you permission for the next like 10 minutes you get to live in kind of a slightly alternate reality. Because. I've created a calendar for us, and it's called Philember. <laughs> now, today's Tuesday, and it's Philember 1st. And does anybody notice anything interesting about this calendar? Anything? There's, I've given you four extra days that are in November. Anything else interesting about this calendar? Phil day. Phil day. <laughs> Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Phil day. All right, I've given you an extra day 
every single week. Now, here's the interesting thing. I could ask you right now, okay, do you want to go out to lunch on Phil Day? And you couldn't say no because you've got nothing going on. There's zero conflicts. There's zero things scheduled. Like a minute ago, you didn't know that day existed. So now you have an entire day, an entire day in Phil Ember. Here's what you're going to do for me. You've got a card, hopefully, and a pen underneath your chair. I haven't given you many examples yet. Oh, well, sorry. It's back there on the table. We added those chairs last. I've given you not, not too many examples yet, but we're going to go there. But here's what I would ask for you to think about. You just got a day. And if I was going to say, I want you to take this fill day, and I want you to fill your heart, what would you do on that day? I want you to write down at least three things that you would do on that day that you feel like for you, that would fill my heart. That would give me joy. That would fill me with hope. That would make me more full of gratitude. I would feel fulfilled. I would have more energy. I would feel alive. If I had that day, at least three things, you can obviously keep going. But I'm just going to give you a couple of seconds to do that. You've got fill day. What would you do with fill day? Because now you can actually fill it. There's nothing going on. No conflicts, Brad. We could meet for breakfast. We could do it. <laughs> All right, so the reason I'm really doing this is because Ann and I took a road trip once. And while we were on the road trip, we were driving along, and we saw one of those billboards that talked about the lottery. And you know it was Powerball. There's a ridiculous amount of money on that, on that billboard. And we had you know, 18 hours ahead of us. And so one of us posed the question, like, what would we do if we won that money? Like, what would we do? And so we started talking about it. And like, probably an hour and a half into the conversation, after we've like, paid off everybody's houses and we're going crazy with this money, it was amazing. About an hour and a half into it, we're like, yeah, but we didn't win the lottery. Like, we were getting really excited, you know, like about all the things that we could do and what would happen. And then I was like, oh, yeah, but we, we haven't won, nor do we buy tickets. So it's like we're never going to win. But I want you to sit in that space just for a second of I have a day. There's no conflicts. There's nothing standing in the way. Here it is. What would I do if I could fill my heart? What would that look like? All right. Now, I, of course, have some things prepared to give to you, but would anybody like to jump out and risk sharing what they would do to fill their heart? It's been a tough week. My mom, my almost 90-year-old mom, um, ended up in ER, and now she's in a nursing home. And with all that anxiety and five kids and everybody involved, I just want to listen to my mom's story and her words without passing judgment. Yeah. Making me tear up, man. <laughs> That's awesome. Anybody else? Share good food with friends. 
do something creative? Be outside. Be outside. That's a good one. <laughs> what was the first one? Husband? I thought it was. <laughs> That's a good one. I like it. A phone call with an old friend. <laughs> phone call with an old friend. So here's what's crazy. I've told you guys several times, like I grew up going to church and the Christian tradition's pretty important to me and it's kind of how like I view a lot of things and the lens I see through one of the things that was actually built into the Christian tradition from a long time ago was this idea of Sabbath and it was the idea that you would actually take a day every week and you would do what we're talking about you'd actually just take a day to fill your heart in our world we end up having seven days and it and Life feels crowded, it feels busy, it feels hard to take a day. I think with all that comes at us and all that we're bombarded by and everything that comes our way, we kind of operate most often on a first-come, first-serve kind of basis with our life and what fills us up. And then you get to the point where you say, okay, well, if I have any time left over, if I have any room, if I have any margins here, then I can maybe pay attention to kind of this list and what fills me up. But if I don't have a free day or if I just don't have space, it gets tough and it gets hard. And I'll be the first one to admit, like I just read some Time Magazine statistic, man. It was an average, on average, we're watching 2.77 hours of television a day. I'm a big culprit of that one <laughs> with Netflix originals. What? Um, like, it's so easy. And sometimes, honestly, maybe that's what we need. I'm not going to go and say that's, like, not okay. Because sometimes I think that is what you need. I just spoke with someone. And he was out of town. And he left. And he was going to visit his family because he had a niece that had been born that you know, she wasn't fully developed. And I bumped into him and I said, how's it going? And he said, you know, he told me kind of the story. And my day, like nothing I was doing suddenly seemed very important, honestly. And um, he just talked about that it was hard. And then before we finished our conversation, he said, but you know what? He's like, every day I was there though, had substance. It felt real, and it had depth. As hard as it was, he's like, I came back to an inbox flooded <laughs> with who knows how many emails, and those just don't seem very important right now for some reason. I was just a part of something that felt very real and very connected. Interesting. I wrote that word up there, kavod. I talked about that last year at More to Life, but it's a, it's a Hebrew word that originally was used for kind of measurements and scales and when you're doing trading and bartering. And it was a term reference because, you know, when you were trading something, you wanted to know how much it weighed and I had to pay you for it, so we needed to know those conversions. And after a while, that term got transferred more and more to the things of life 
that have true meaning. And they said that there was a weight to those things, that they had substance, that they had kavod. And I think that when it comes to filling up your heart, we're talking about activities or like unplugging from things, doing some kind of an action that creates space in your life that allows your heart to be filled. I think sometimes you won't know if it will be. You're hoping it will be. And so you do it, but you take the time to say, okay, I have to dig out some space. I have to carve out time in my schedule because I have to have a full heart. I want to be able to live from this place, and I want to have my priorities shift. I want to have things be rearranged. I want trivial things to be what they are. And I need to carve out that space. I need to dig that deep well. And I need to hope that my heart gets filled from whatever that activity might be. Um, anybody else have any others they want to share? I didn't know. Now that you sat there a little while. You're pointing at Claire, but she was looking down. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I'm volunt What? I, I said my first one was play with puppies all day. <laughs> have you seen that video? Okay, guys. Okay, here, here. Um, what are they called? What was that guy called? The guy from Office, who was the nerd. He was the assistant to the assistant. Dwight. Dwight. That's not his real name. Soul Pancake. Thank you. Soul Pancake stages all of these interesting, like interactive things that you can step into, and they have kitten therapy and puppy therapy. And they take random people walking on the road and they put them in this huge plexiglass-like container. And back here, the wall's white, and there's all these little circles. And they're just in there, and they have no clue what's going on. And then all of a sudden, the circles all open up, and puppies <laughs> just come out, and they just sit down and play with puppies. And then in another one, the kittens come out. It is so fun to watch people change in that space. And then when they leave, they kind of like interview them and ask them questions. So interesting. So interesting. Yeah, play with puppies. I like that one. It's good. I wrote down a couple of things. Like my, one of my things is running with Anne. I like, to, I like to run, and I like to run with her. It's more fun when I run with her. Um, I like to play the drums. There's something about taking two sticks in your hand and beating like <laughs> drums to loud music in your ears and like just getting into it and doing that. Um, I love having meals at our table with the boys. They circle around the table and we get into conversations and you hear things about their day and we get to tell things about our day and before you know an hour's gone by and you get up from that table and you feel full. It's pretty good space. Pretty good space. I think there's lots of things. I mean, who knows what it is? Smoking a pipe, drinking tea, I don't know, reading a book, stillness, quiet, loudness, I don't know. I'm sure you probably know better than I do what fills your heart. You've probably experienced it, because I think just as much as you know what it is to live from here, you also know what it is to live from here. I just wanted to be the person to tell you out loud, it's your responsibility to carve this space out. I've talked to a lot of people who feel like their lives are out of control. 
And if you catch me on the wrong day, it's me. <laughs> right? I don't know what to do. I'm chaperoning. I'm driving people everywhere. Like, what do you know? And before you know it, the day, it's 10 o'clock. I didn't even eat food today. What can I do? Well, actually a lot. <laughs> right? Because actually, in two weeks from now, the whole topic of the next time we get together is yes and no. It's two words. Yes and no. It's the whole topic next time. But we're going to get there. But you, it's your responsibility. I don't know, man. I have some people who look out for me. Some people who look out for me. In fact, Silas said something two weeks ago that was like, what? Why are you looking out for me? <laughs> and sometimes people know that, but you probably know a little better what meets your needs and what fills your heart. And so I just wanted to be the person to tell you tonight, carve that time out. So you look at your day, and I get it. You don't have a fill day, because fill ember doesn't exist. Dang it, it's the truth. It's just reality. It's where we live. And you have 24 hours in any given day. It never increases. It never has. It never will. And you've got seven days every week. And you're looking at it, and you have to say, okay, here's my week. What this week is going to fill my heart? Anything? Did I make room for anything to do that? Did I carve that space out? Did I dig that deep? And if not, I would say step back and figure out where you can put it. Because ultimately, it's you who gets to decide that. You wrote some things down on a card. I get it. Like, maybe they were huge. Like, I would have written one on there that would have taken a week <laughs> instead of a day. But whatever's on that card, look at your week. Look at tomorrow and see if you can make room for 15 minutes of something. See if you can add on an hour at the end of your day to make that possible. See just the different places, because I get it. That idea of the Sabbath and the Christian tradition is really hard to carve out a whole day to fill your heart. I don't know. I think it's possible, <laughs> but it's really hard. And especially where we're living already, to downshift that fast, that's probably impossible. But where can you like put some time in? Where can you make that space? Where can you make it possible for you just during a week? Start slow, take a step, make something happen. Um, it was about a week ago now. I think it was after one of these nights or um, we had been doing something and I got home and the boys, you know, after more to life, here's what happens for the Gallagher family. We hang out here and we talk with you guys and we do stuff. And then we like rearrange the room and sometimes you guys help us and that's awesome. And then we pack up everything and then we rush home and then we have dinner. And we normally whip out a huge blanket and throw it down and then do some kind of dinner upstairs and we actually watch a Cosby show while we have dinner. And we laugh and we talk about things and it's funny. There was a night recently where we were doing something and I typically bring up a laptop and like a bag and all this other stuff. And so we're eating dinner, but I'm also doing stuff, right? It's like multitasking. Yeah. This one night we went up there and the boys were playing a video game. And I haven't played a video game in a long time. They were playing Super Mario Brothers on the Nintendo Wii. 
And I decided that I was going to play. Anne decided she was going to play, too. She got frustrated and left. <laughs> yeah. And then me and the boys kept playing this video game. And we played well past bedtime. And we were just having such a good time. It was awesome. And for me that night, my with was my boys. And we were enjoying the space. And I don't know, but laughing and cracking up and like doing what we were doing filled each of our hearts. We woke up the next morning talking about it and how awesome it was. And ultimately, what I think the real problem was was me. I was never really present. You know? Like, I never really carved out the space and said, here I am, 100%, with everybody here. I was always kind of in two places or three places at once. But when I made that space available, something magical happened. It was mysterious. It was fun. It was awesome. I loved it. I don't know what's going to fill your heart. I can't carve out the time for you. I can do it for me. And I can try and tap into that kind of life daily, weekly, monthly. I wanted to remind you guys of that tonight. It's a place where I'm living right now, and I find it hard to do with everything that comes my way. We're limited 100%. Only so much can fill your day. What are you going to make room for and time for? Sometimes I almost feel like I need something to disrupt me or jolt me or shake me or bring me back. It's like, I don't know what that is. We had that talk about the talks at our house. Um, we were talking about the MTL talks, and we had people over. And we had just talked about rest. And it was so funny because I think when I say the word rest, I don't know what you just had come into your mind, if it was a pillow or a bed or if it was someone asleep. But rest is just, what we're talking about is something that fills your heart. Rest is like you do something and it brings clarity and it opens your mind and it opens your heart and suddenly you see the world differently. That's rest. And that can look like a lot of different things. A lot of different things. So I want to encourage you guys to take that card, figure out what or how you can combine add, carve out space, and make that happen for you. Picture your heart as a well. Picture your heart as this empty glass that you're going to leave with tonight. It's got more to life written all over it. And the question is, like, what fills your heart? What can you carve out the space for? What, when you look at your week, possesses kavod? How can you include that more, not less? How can you add more of that? Because when you do, living from that place, it's a significant change. Significant change. My, my famous uh, Seinfeld episode that I love is when he comes to the rental car company. Anybody? No. All right. I'm going to tell you about it then. He shows up, and he's like, hey, I rented a car. And they're like, oh, OK, yeah, yeah, blah, blah, blah. And they do all the typing. He's like, yeah, it's this size, blah, blah, blah. Here's my reservation. Yeah, and then they little, oh, sorry, we don't, we don't have any more of those cars. He's like, that's impossible. I made a reservation. <laughs> and they're like, yeah, we, we got your reservation, but we gave all the cars out. 
He's like, why would you do that? He's like, I made a reservation. And they go through this whole thing. And he's like, you guys are really good at taking the reservations, but you have to hold the cars. Like, anybody can just take reservations, but it's about holding the car and keeping it here. And then they ask him if he's going to take renter's insurance. And he's like, oh, yeah, because I'm going to beat the hell out of this car. <laughs> it's funny. But like, you approach your week as like a first-come, first-served basis, and all your time just flies out the window. It happened to me today. Hours just went. And I got that call, and I went there, and then those people were late, and then that added on. I would encourage you to look at your week and if you're going to do something, if you're going to plan something, if you're going to schedule something, if you're going to create a rhythm that you fall into, let it be about this. Let it be about filling your heart. Find that rhythm. Find that groove to get into. Make it happen. What I was telling you that story for, and it's like, hey, connect that story. <laughs> What I wanted you to realize was, I believe, like when I said, if you're going to look ahead to your week, I would say carve out the time you hold that space. You make the reservation for yourself. You say, indeed, like, I've planned that. It's there. That's when I'm going to do it. And I'm going to stick to it. I'm going to make it happen. I'm going to follow through with creating that space for myself. Because the first come, first serve, I mean, it just happens to us too often. And before you know it, there is no time left to fill your heart. And then you find yourself running on empty. And we know that place all too well, all too well. Is that better? All right. <laughs> Which is good. So this is my little promise, prayer, blessing for you guys until we get together next time, two weeks from now. Uh, and I have one announcement to make after it. But... Until next time, may you fully embrace your gift of life. It's yours. Don't live on empty. Choose to fill your heart until it's full. Dig your well. May you make the necessary space, make it deep and wide to fill your heart daily, weekly, monthly. And may you move forward full of life. Amen. I would say go to life. Go to life. You know empty. Go to life.